What up, East High? Howdy, folks. We're back with another minute of High School Musical on Wildcat Minute. The show where we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time. We are the amateur I'm nerds. <laughs> I'm Tyler. I'm Condra. And we're the amateur nerds. There we go. So we are talking today about minute 38. Minute 38 starts with the continuation of what I've been looking for as sung by Troy and Gabriella and ends with uh, Sharpay shouting callback with an image of the school on screen. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that at the very end, I guess. I'm let's, so excited. We'll, yeah. Yeah. It's a very good, I mean, in terms of the minute by minute format, it's like a very good cutoff. Oh, it's One great. of the better ones we've had from this movie. Yeah. So, so yeah. Troy and Gabriella, they're yeah, they're finishing up the song. There's, o- there's only very, like, another couple lines and some, is that called, like, vocalization where she just goes, ooh? Is that what that's yeah, called? Yeah, you can call it that. Um, yeah. But Troy and Gabriella, like, finish out a line they finally found and then they look towards each other. So as if the lyrics are saying what is happening to them, that they finally found what they've been looking for in each other. Whoa. Whoa. You mean you mean the song, like the song they're singing has like some thematic relevance to their actual lives too? Crazy, right? Again? Again. <laughs> Troy and Gabriella are like walking. I'm trying to think of like, what, what it would be called but like they they just absorb any relevant thematic they are protagonists by nature yes yes yeah. um there was a movie that was supposed to come out this year um with ryan reynolds where he's like mm. a kind of like a side mm-hmm. character in a video game yeah i was super excited for that movie i'm really bummed <laughs> yeah i mean i mean they're kind of the opposite of that because they're the main characters but it it is like yeah, if kind of a self-aware like I'm I'm in a movie, so anything that happens is going to be about me. <laughs> it's like when I've seen this meme a bunch of times like if you're into anime and um often anime protagonists have like a wild hair color or something very distinct a distinct feature <laughs> about them and like the parents like bear their child. It's this like little drawn meme of like I'm sorry, ma'am. Your child is a protagonist because it's got like pink <laughs> hair or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, that's basically Troy Gabriella. Yeah, and the, well, the idea of plot armor also kind of comes from this. I don't know so. what that is. I've never heard of pl- plot armor. Plot armor? Yeah. Oh, plot armor is the idea that you know, like uh, a main character can't die because you know the plot needs to happen to them. Oh. So no matter what situation they're in, they have plot armor. Because uh, we know they're not going to die. Ah, yes. Okay. So very, like, Lord of the Rings. Late Game of Thrones had, had a lot of plot armor. Lord of the Rings, yeah, too. Like, we know that the characters we're fo- following aren't going to die. Yeah. But anyone else... Or Star Trek, I feel like, is a great... The Red Shirts. Yeah, and that's a different concept. That's, that's, that's more like the reverse plot armor, where, like... <laughs> well, no, but that's the thing. Because like, you know, based on, all right, this scene, they this um, mission down to the planet, I know two of these characters. I know they're not going to be the ones that are going to die, so everyone else is going to die. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the reverse. So, yeah, they're finishing up the song, and then, yeah, so long I was lost, but finally found what I've been looking for is kind of like the the last lyrics. And then there's this kind of coda-ish thing where... In the Sharpan Ryan version, they sang the doo 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 doos 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but as you said, Gabriella kind of does these vocalizations, um, which is hard to know if they were in the sheet music or something that she improvised. It, oh, the music overcame her and the ooze came out. Wait, ooze? Gabriella is oozing? Yep. Yep. It's kind of gross. You may not want to look at it. <laughs> that's when that's when Troy decides he's not into her and goes for Kelsey instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just you live out know, our fantasy. Gabriella, I liked Gabriella until she started oozing everywhere. He's very shallow all of a sudden. We thought Troy had some <laughs> emotional depth to him, but nope, apparently not. Well, I mean, sometimes it's just like like physical things can just be uh, dead ends. No, that's not it. Deterrent. Um, no, like something where it's like a like oh that's a, like the that's like a cutoff. Like no way. A break point. Um, a breaking point. Yeah, something like that. Hey guys, Tyler here on the editing room floor. The word I was looking for was deal breaker. Thank you. Yeah, but it's fine. Um, But during this last bit of singing, I did try to pay attention to the shots and Kelsey gets her own like just image of like shot of her as the piano is more of the focus of that part of the song. And then it it's back to trying Gabriella and then it ends with all three of them as if all three of them together created this moment which they did like but it is more of that like who who are the major players here in all of this and it's all three of them like Kelsey has given them the opportunity to come together in this way all by falling over yeah I know what a crazy random happenstance oh Um, Troy, after the song's over, goes, wow, that's nice. I don't know about you, but like every time I hear the word wow, I just hear the Owen Wilson wow. So, wow. Exactly. So I was like, wow, how funny nice. and inappropriate that would have been the Owen Wilson laugh. Wow. Um, it it would have totally like broken the, the call. Like after watching that bit, like, there's just like a calmness, like this calm wave watches over you. Like if you ever like panicky, just watch this like 30 seconds of them singing. It's very <laughs> relaxing. It is. Yeah, you're right. And you're right. It is kind of that, you know, like very peaceful moment of like, wow, song just ended, but I want to live in this moment. Yeah. And they're still all kind of have the googly eyes. They're they're kind of in this dreamlike state until. Until Darbus comes back. And says, Bolton, Montez, you have a callback. Tyler, Whoa, this was their audition. Congrats. We figured it out. We got there. We found it. <laughs> we got there. I really like this moment from Miss Darvis. She's like really like pulling out all of her acting stops. She's like, ooh, this is a moment. I can be like really cool and go like, you, you. <laughs> she, she dramatically kinda... doesn't have her glasses on and then puts them back on. Like, huh. Yeah. Thoughtful. Yeah, and I mean it's kind of a callback to um callback uh, to chorus line where there's kind of like this tension in kind of like the casting director. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. She's finally become <laughs> Michael, Michael <J>. Douglas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I for some reason always they look alike to me. I don't know why. Michael J. Fox is Hank Pym in the I know no in the Marvel movies no, though. No, that that's my no, that's Michael Douglas <laughs> in the Marvel movies. No, but that's what I'm saying is Michael J. Fox, if he were Hank Pym oh, in the Marvel movies, that would be really that cool. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just for some reason cannot keep them straight in my head. They look very similar to me. I mean they're both 
kind of shorter white guys with brown hair. I think Michael Douglas is a little older. Yeah, he is. But, I mean, I wasn't around for either of their peak career moments. <laughs> so, I mean, it's all relative to me anyway. Oh, man. Um, I've never seen West Wing. Uh, me neither. Yeah, but I like this Darbus moment. Um, she kind of softens. Like, there's a softness to her in it. it, it she's interrupting the peace that they found, but gentler than she would have if she had still been in audition mode. Well, she's very real in this moment. Like, normally she's kind of has this air of, like, either kind of, like, acting when she's in class and she's kind of, like, very theatrical or she's very, like, judgmental. Mm-hmm. Like, in the auditions, um, she's just kind of, like, very dismissive. But here, to kind of see her, like, impressed and very, like, genuine Yeah, genuine's what's a great interesting. word. Yeah, um... I also like how she kind of heard how they are and has very much selected a song for them. She's like, this is the song I want you to do for the callback. Yeah, she says, Kelsey, give them the duet from the second act, which it's it's hard to it's hard to say what that is. I don't know <laughs> if we ever hear it. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> so but listeners at yeah, home I mean, that have it- seen it will know. Is it an is it an would it be another duet kind of in this style where it's kind of slow or is it kind of like a more like up upbeat duet where it's like more intense things are happening? We'll have to find out. Because also what I've been looking for seems like an end of the like end of the play song. Like it really does. Now that like you say that, I did hadn't thought of that before. And the other song, like I know what else happens in this movie and yeah this really does seem but it's not flashy enough for an end of film like you know how the end of a play always like really ends on a high it literally ends on a high note usually (laughs) this does not have that so well sometimes sometimes it it makes sense to kind of end on something that's very well done and understated and that's what i would like like if what i've been looking for was the last song of a play be like wow they really like went for that that small emotional moment. I would um, really appreciate right, that. Yeah, but but you're right. In this movie, like you wouldn't do it as the big end moment because it's like it's like a kids musical with like dancing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite fit unless well, it's Kelsey's, and we don't know a whole lot about her yet. But like she does, she is quite thoughtful. Like she she's intentional with what she's done with her music and that idea of her ending on a on an emotional moment would be very mature for a junior in high school composing their first musical and i i i think that would be very interesting if like this was intended to be the last song on the flip side however we know that we only know that kelsey is the composer we don't know if she was like the screenwriter or anything else about the play so it's possible that she wrote all the songs and just someone else decided to put them in a certain order and to like write the write the play so but i think the fact that she said to sharpay that she's like that i i envisioned that much slower like she does have some thoughts about agency yeah. yeah and so yeah I just wanted to highlight, you know, a couple good acting beats from Zac Efron, too, who's very, like, confused. Oh, my gosh. Impressed his... with himself, but also, like, worried about everything. You see his, his like, face flips so quickly. Once 
um, Darba says that um, she has a call. He has a callback. They have a callback. Uh, he panics. He starts <laughs> pacing like he's like what, and ends literally like the last thing we see of him is him saying what, like he is flabbergasted. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, and- uh, part of it. Part of it is that fear he has, like, oh, someone was listening to me that whole time. like, And that's scary to him. But then also the kind of the implications of, like, oh, no, if I have to audition, then, like, the basketball team's going to find out. It's going to be this big conflict. Yeah, definitely. Like, he's uh, suddenly it's not just him and Gabriella and Kelsey just singing a song. It's a bigger world and it's scary. But Kelsey is pumped. Oh my god, uh, Kelsey really is great adorable. She's so excited. She's like, she's like, okay, you guys, if you want to come in rehearse, I'm in here all the time. Yeah, basically, <laughs> you come like, in during free period or after school or sometimes during biology. Kelsey skips class. Well, I feel like she gets like a note and she's like, well, okay, you can just leave biology. Who cares? <laughs> or she's so good at biology that she's like actually weeks ahead, and she's like, this is really boring to me. I, yeah. I don't know if that's the case, but... She's like, you can come over to my house for breakfast because I have a piano there and we could rehearse at breakfast. <laughs> this is the first time you doing that like stuttery breathy. It's actually appropriate for how it's performed. Congratulations. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, he I goes, love... Or you can come before school or after school or after, after bas- basketball class. Basketball class kills me yeah it's so cute also i love the idea of her like inviting them over to for breakfast and like she has a bunch of little danishes and like nice little things (laughs) like around the piano she's like i didn't know what you guys liked so i bought everything (laughs) and she like spent there's just a a stack of pancakes a la pleasantville yeah and like some nice muffins (laughs) some like fancy danishes some nice fruit like this is the first time she's had friends over and she's so excited. <laughs> I doubt that's true because, yeah. like, Kelsey probably has friends if she's in the drama I mean, club, but... It's it's hard to say because, you know, usually, yeah, like, theater kids are all kind of this very tight-knit group. Um, there's drama usually within them, but, oh, yeah. you know, they're very tight-knit and they've all, like, you know, have, like, after parties and, and like, these kind of cast parties where everyone becomes really close but if Sharpay um, and Ryan are running drama club, that might not be the case then, for her. Yeah, it might change the dynamic. But maybe everyone else really gets along. Yeah. She's just the poor outsider. Yeah, and we don't really... I mean, Gabriella seems, you know, naturally excited. Yeah, she starts maybe looking at the it, music and she's like... She she looks happy and, and yeah. glad. Even though she said she didn't want to get involved in anything, what's Taylor going to think about this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> You're like, wow, you'd rather chase a boy and sing than be on the academic decathlon team, really? Not a bad Taylor. Oh, thanks. You're, yeah. You're welcome. Um, and then, but we don't get much of Gabrielle. It's more of this moment of Troy kind of like looking off in the distance going like, what? Yeah, he's like flipping back and forth through the, like, the first two pages of the sheet music, which presumably is the second act duet that Kelsey just like had on hand. Yeah, she has all the music right there. Yeah, luckily she, luckily it, it was organized and and, and she had multiple not, not copies. all in shambles after she dropped it. Yeah, and she had three copies just right <laughs> there to be like, here you go. Well, sometimes if there's different parts, that you naturally print out the different parts, and, and so you don't just have the score in front of you; you have all the individual parts. But yeah, you're right. 
Um, um, so should we cut to this yeah, m- moment? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so it transitions from Troy saying what, and then all of a sudden we see this image of the outside of the school. We haven't seen the outside of the school in a while, not in this way at least, but it's accompanied by the most magnificent yell of callback by Ashley Tisdale via Sharpay. Backwards. Sharpay yeah. via Ashley Tisdale. Um, <laughs> but it's a zoom out of the school. Like, it kind of starts a little closer, but you zoom out and you see people mingling around outside and, like, chatting and stuff. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of a comparative kind of moment that's a shot like this. It's very kind of like classic cartoons like, i feel like it's more like cartoon comedy moment where you hear the person shouting and like you zoom out to the earth and you can be like oh you can hear that scream from space <laughs> yeah and yeah the kind of jump back zoom i don't i don't know if there's a more technical term for it but it is very i mean it's not very common but it's kind of it's well used in a moment like this usually you get jump zooms and like like Wes Anderson movies or like um, Stanley Kubrick movies mm-hmm. <laughs> where, they're, where they're, I mean, those are sometimes like zooms in or zoom. I feel like a zoom out is less common, but in this kind of moment, the kind of jump zoom out with the, with the screaming is this very like classic comedic trope. Yeah. It's well executed here. Oh my gosh. I think it's so well done. And you were saying at the begin before we started recording, um, she sounds very much like Candace from Phineas and Ferb in this, in this shout. And once you said it, I was like, oh my God, she does. Like it's, you could hear her saying Phineas in this moment. (laughs) Call back. It's very funny. Uh, Yeah. I Um, I love it. And like, honestly, the, honestly, like the, the screen could cut to black there and it would just be perfect. (laughs) I don't know if the scene continued. Presumably we just cut into the school and it's more of her reacting. Like, I can't believe it. And she's like walking around all dramatically and she like whips her purse at like a random kid and he like falls over. (laughs) Um, Good prediction. Not not on purpose. It's like an accident. She's like turning a corner in something and just like barrels someone over. Um, That's my prediction anyway. Okay. We haven't really done that where like I literally predict what's going to happen in the next minute. It it happens every once in a while, but it's not like a, it's not like a segment of the show. Yeah. I don't, it should necessarily be but i think it's fun every now and then for you to you to surmise <laughs> what's coming up next yeah hey speaking of what's coming up next should we go to our next segment sure i have a decom of the week this week it's a disney channel premiere film actually which oh means boy. it's from before 1997 <laughs> oh boy um so i'm gonna I'm going to give Condra the title and a little bit of a setup for this movie, and she's going to have to guess what it's about, and then I'll tell her what it's actually about. The film I have for you is Mr. Boogity from 1986, directed by Oz Scott, who's directed several, uh, I almost said high school musicals. I meant DCOMs, written by Michael Janover. I'll I'll say it's about, it's, it's about a family. There's uh, two parents and three kids. I don't, I don't, it's, it's called Mr. Boogity. You can assume it's a, you know, a, a spooky type movie. But if you want any more than that, let me know. But that's what I'm going to give you. Okay. So my first, when I hear Boogity, I think of like Boogity Boogity Boo from like Grace or whatever. So just hear me out on this. <laughs> it's going to get weird, folks. It's, but it's, it's going to come back. It's a greaser ghost? <laughs> it's a musical ghost. 
So it's like the ghost of a jazz <laughs> musician or like some some musically inclined ghost. So this family is moving into this new house. People are like, oh, it's a little weird. Like, like the town people don't <laughs> kind of avoid that. It's kind of like a Casper idea where like it, the house is not has not been lived in in a while. And there are like rumors of like weird things that happen there. But this family's like, yeah, it'll be a great big place for our, our three child family. And like they'll all have their own bedrooms like they're moving up in the world. And so they move there and the kids kind of don't want to be there, but they're also like excited for a new adventure, especially like the youngest one. He's like super excited to like be in this new big house, but like the, maybe the older two, like there's a boy and a, I'm imagining a boy, a girl, and then a boy for the younger one. And they're like the older two are less inclined, but they're like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. At least I get my own room, <laughs> especially the older boy who's like, finally, I don't have to share a bedroom with my younger brother anymore. And as they get used to the new house, they notice there are weird quirks in the house. Like sometimes there's some weird noises coming from the attic that sound like distant piano music. Sometimes when someone's walking by like the front living room, they can hear jazz music playing softly. And generally, like, there's some weird stuff going on. But it's not, like, malicious, but it is a little creepy, like, what's going on in my new house? But the parents don't really notice it, but the kids notice it a whole lot. And uh, the the youngest boy is pretty excited and one day decides that he's going to figure it out and go up into the attic. And the older two siblings are like, this is a terrible idea. Uh, but they follow him along so he doesn't get, like... I don't know, beaten up or something. <laughs> Abducted uh, by a ghost? Yeah, yeah, possessed by a ghost. And they go upstairs and they find this, like, I'm imagining, like, a ghost wearing a bowler hat, like, sitting at a, not, yeah, a bowler hat, like, sitting at a, at the piano that's stored away in the attic. And he's like, what's up? You're in my house. And... <laughs> Wait, so the ghost just talks to them? Yeah, like, yeah. He's just kind of there? Yeah. Okay. And they're like, have you been the one like playing all the music? And he's like, yeah, I was excited to see new people. But also I was a little concerned that you were like, not not people like me. And they become friendly with said ghost. But we'll say the, the, the middle child, the girl, is having some trouble in school with some bullies. So like he starts helping her like gain confidence and like making new friends and stuff like the ghost ends up becoming like an ally <laughs> for them and it's ghost mary poppins it's ghost mary poppins and maybe um he helps like pull an epic prank for like the older boy oh, the epicest of pranks yeah so like he scares some people and like oh yeah this house is a little haunted but it's like for them it's fine because they like have befriended this ghost um, but the whole time the parents don't believe until like the end when something like the a prank or uh, something goes really wrong and they finally meet the ghost and they're like, oh, my kids aren't liars after all. They're not hallucinating. <laughs> and they end up all living together and it's fine. Okay. That's my. That's so a little bit more comedic in nature is yours. Yeah. I mean, it starts out spooky, but it turns comedic. Okay. Fair. Um, yeah. Interesting. You're actually there's there's aspects of this that I think you're you're on the right track of. So yeah, Mr. Boogity came out in 1986. It's technically a failed pilot, um, so it's actually a 45 minute movie. So like 
you know, a double episode that takes up an hour of mm-hmm. time on, on air. And it is about a family that kind of moves into a house and the house turns out to be haunted. And I think I think it does have this kind of like slightly comedic tone um, to it that like this kind of, you know, it's it is spooky, but there's also kind of this comedic side to it. For some reason, there's like this motif of gag items like, uh, you know, like joke shop gag items. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think maybe like that has something to do with it. So there is kind of this comedy aspect to it. But I mean, the the whole like jazz or music thing is is just where you're off. So, okay. but yours actually would work better as a pilot for a show because it does kind of like have them kind of like, you know, they meet the ghost and they like get in, get in good terms with a ghost. And then like the show would be like, okay, hanging out with ghost is it, weekly ghost adventures. I think there's a show currently or just in the last few years on Disney Channel. It, it. Uh, about like a family that lives with a family of ghosts like it's the Brady Bunch but half of the family is ghosts and half of them is not I don't know Brady Bunch song but it's about um, how Here's a regular story family of a meets lady. up with ghost <laughs> and her ghost husband <laughs> yeah. um, I don't um, know what that show is okay. called so go ahead uh, we actually have some, some famous actors in this film we have uh, Richard Masser who, I mean, you wouldn't recognize his face or his name probably, but he has appeared in the John Carpenter Thing movie, Risky Business, Stephen King's It, the 1990 TV thing, and My Girl. Um, we have Mimi Kennedy, who has been a sitcom actress forever, also appeared in Aaron Brockovich, the movie, and Midnight in Paris. Um the kids, those are the parents. The kids are played by David Faustino, who was on Married with Children for years. Um, Benjamin Gregory, who's the only one who's not famous. Um, Christy Swanson, who um, was kind of an, around in the 80s and then would later be uh, the the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. People would probably recognize her. And then um, the last one who kind of plays like the... Um, kind of the property caretaker or whatever, like the kind of like local historic, like historical guy mm-hmm. is played by John Aston. I'm uh, not Sean Aston. Okay. Darn. <laughs> John Aston, who played Gomez in the, in the original Adams family show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so very iconic look. Mm-hmm. And I also, in, in looking up his IMDb, he also played, um, glad hand in West side story. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know who this is. I but, don't, but um, it's funny that it's Glad a West Hand, Side story for you. Gladhand is the guy that works at the dance. He's like the um, like the social host. Oh. And he's like, now everybody, let's all be nice to each other and dance. <laughs> it's a very comedic role. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, we have that kind of family of five, and then he's the kind of like caretaker, historical person who's like, like kind of, you know, you know, in, like in ghost movies, there's always like this other guy who's like kind of like in, in the know about the ghost. Yeah. He like he literally works in a historical society in the movie. Mm-hmm. OK, so we have the Davis family. We have Carlton and Eloise are the parents and then R.E. Corwin and Jennifer. So there's two sons and a daughter. Nailed it. Although I think the daughters are older. So they move into this spooky house in Lucifer Falls, New England. <laughs> Not not a specific state, just New England. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, spooky things happen. There's like a glowing light behind a doorway. They they hear like this ghostly sneezing. Sneezing. The, the boys. 
Yeah. <laughs> the boys go into the basement and one of them loses their teddy bear. Um, at some point, someone wakes up in the middle of the night and they see the boogity man uh, and they describe him as looking like a grilled cheese. <laughs> That's a choice. Um, okay. So, you know, you know, like classic like haunted house things where like people wake up in the middle of the night or like mm-hmm. hearing voices and wander off into the part of the house. Stuff like that's happening. And then, you know, eventually they go to see, you know, the guy at the historical society and he explains to them the history um, where the property they lived on. There was once this house and this guy, William Hanover, sold his soul to the devil and got this magic cloak because uh, he wanted to win over this widow. Um, and he kind of he abducts this kind of widow's son and accidentally blows up the house and they all die. And so um, William Hanover, who is the boogity man, haunts the house and the and the, the little ghost child is named Jonathan. He haunts the house. But the mo- mother, Marion, is kind of stuck outside and she can't get to her son. Mm. So, I mean, so the kind of the movie movie it's 45 minutes long there's the, you know there's like a climax where like one of the boys talks to jonathan in the basement the little boy ghost who stole his teddy bear um because he was lonely and then the mom talks to marion and marion talks about how like how sad she is and then they all kind of band together to fight mr boogity once and for all there's like a bunch of hijinks as they have to fight this magic magic ghost and they figure out if if they get the cloak from him then they can beat him Eventually, they get the cloak with the help of a vacuum cleaner, and Mister Boogity kind of vanishes. Um, and they're like, "Whew, we did it!" And then, but there, there's like a there's like a spooky like, "Or did you?" Um, moment. And so that that's kind of where it leaves off. But they're all kind of happily settled now that they've kind of gotten rid of the ghost, and the you know the the mother and son can go off and live in peace or whatever. They can pass on, like they can move on. Yes. Yeah. So it's it sounds a bit like a combination between like Casper and Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Or uh or like Haunting of Hill House if it wasn't, you know, a complex family drama and just kind of like a silly comedy where literally just a family moves into a house and a bunch of silly things happen. Yeah. Um, and there is a sequel to it called Bride of Boogity. Yeah, I looked it up on Disney Plus because I was curious. I was like, if this is only 45 minutes, they probably wouldn't put it on Disney Plus. But it is, as is Bride of Boogity. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is there. It is we- yeah, it's weird to see a Disney Channel premiere film on there. Yeah. But I wanted to choose an older one just for fun because we haven't done a premiere film for a while. Yeah. And I thought this one was just wild enough to do. It is indeed. <laughs> But like I said, I think yours works better for like setting up a show. And this is weird tonally. It doesn't make sense how this would be a show because they already beat the ghost. Yeah, that's where. Yeah, I hit that point when you were like, they beat the ghost. I'm like, then it's not. How? How does the show continue? Unless just the concept of Lucifer Falls Uh, is kind of just. It's like kind of like once upon a time where there are a lot of like ghosts and weird things in town. Like the whole town is special. Or yeah. I mean, I was going to say like Buffy the Vampire Slayer where like, you know, they're kind of around in Buffy. It's a hell mouth where like an area where like just a lot of spooky things happen. Mm-hmm. It's an old New England town. Oh, oh, by the way, William Hanover was like an old Puritan, like 300 years old. Okay, Yeah. So very hocus pocus. OK. Yeah. Th- so that's like the aesthetic. Um, but yeah, that's Mr. Boogity. Um, again, just weird name. Like they just had to think of a weird ghost name and that was what they landed on. Yeah. 
Cool. So this is a longer episode, but let's wrap it up, Condra. Yeah. So people can find us on the internet on Twitter uh, at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. Can send us an email at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Uh, maybe send us a decom of the week you'd like to see us do in the future. Yeah. Don't send us Parent Trap 3. I tried to read the description. It was too confusing. <laughs> yeah, guess one that maybe neither of us have heard of. Yeah. And uh, thanks to our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. And our artist, Theo Golden, who you can find at T Golden Art on Instagram or their Etsy shop. Yeah, till next time, I've been Tyler. I've been Condra. And if you want more fun, good old cheery music, and if you want to find out what happens to Troy, we'll be back to talk about it. You can bet on it. <laughs> <laughs>